It's games, games, games. Once again, on this episode of Last King Podcast, we've got Death Stranding and Disco Elysium. Hello, and once again, it's the Last King Podcast. It's me, Eccentric Tom. Who are you? Yes, this is Mr. Toffee Man here speaking. Mr. Toffee Man. Oh, wow. Toffee Man. <laughs> or is it Toffee Man? I can't, I can't be, I can be too sure. You mean Toffee Mon? Toffee Mon. Mon, Man, Men, Men. The different pronunciations and whatnot. Oh. I'm designated just to be a toffee, pretty much. Okay, so who's yes. joining us? Yes, you are resigned moment. to be a toffee forevermore. <laughs> Where is this going? I don't know. I have no idea. And so, of who's, course, who's this, joining us? Uh, it's me, uh, everybody's favorite proletariat, uh, feminist, our anarchist, communist, uh, fascist, fascist, also sometimes supremacist. Yeah, you know, and a studier of cryptids, uh, Shafiq. <laughs> cryptids. Where did the cryptids come in? Oh, he haven't talked to the old lady yet. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh. So, in case you couldn't tell, we're going to be talking a lot about games. We're going to be talking about Disco Elysium, and we're going to get to Death Stranding eventually. But first, there's a bit of stuff that happened a few days ago where Jeff Keighley, the Jeff Keighley Show, i.e. the Game Awards, just announced their nominations, their nominees, their listicle of games that are going to be highlighted on the show in the coming, um, coming few weeks. I think you also failed to mention, also co-star of Death Stranding, Jeff Keighley. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's very important. I don't Starring remember Jeff Keighley. I don't know. And even if I did miss seeing him, eh, I didn't care. <laughs> Alright, so we're going to be talking about Disco Elysium as well as Death Stranding. But first, there's a bit of news that actually popped up a few days ago concerning the Jeff Keighley show, aka the Game Awards. And they just announced a bunch of nominations and a lot of games. So what do you guys think about that? Oh, you, you mean uh, <laughs> star, yeah, the star of Death Stranding himself, Mr. Jeff Keighley. <laughs> oh, yes. Our lord and saviour of all gaming kind. Uh, let the shilling begin! Uh, okay, oh, yes. I'm really interested in their choices for what the nominees are for Game of the Year. And uh, you know what? Especially one of the choices which we're going to review very soon, right here on this episode. Uh-huh. So Death Stranding made it to the list. Now, spoiler warning, uh, we're not really sure what... Our thoughts are on the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, sure. Let's yeah, go with let's, that. Let's one. go with that narrative, <laughs> among all the other narratives. But uh, besides Death Stranding, we got Sekiro, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, which I think is technically uh, not of this year. That came out in December last year. It came out during the last VGA awards. Yeah. 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 So they're actually putting that game in because they missed out on the other award stuff about last year. So okay. So, so like catch up yeah. I mean I will agree especially amongst the, the three of us that uh, a very well deserved uh, game of the year nomination will be The Outer Worlds oh for sure which yeah. reviewed uh, very uh, highly here uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake I I think it's an exceptional game but I wouldn't give it game of the year and following that is Control another game which I think uh, is I think exceptional it's genuinely wonderful game but I wouldn't call it game of the year either mm, because yeah. like what's missing is the obvious things like uh, Borderlands 3, Modern Warfare and probably like and also one of the problems I always have with uh, the VGAs right is every once in a while they'll throw in into the main mix like an indie game which yeah. never wins just like oh yeah we see you no you don't you chose the I one did. that I... everyone was talking about not the real good one yeah yeah. yeah yeah like outer wilds i believe a lot of people have been praising that game like back and forth more yeah or less. And in fact i think there's been some controversy that it's not been included at all i mean it's in the indie uh category but that's the not quite section, the same yeah. yeah but the thing is i'm quite impressed with their choices for best indie game because they got gris they got baba is you they even have katana zero a game which i think is 
actually quite worthy of game of the year but it's pretty fun yes it's, pretty, that it's pretty good uh so yeah i mean i don't know i mean like is it similar to the oscars because they have a limit to the amount of nominations which i think is self-inflicted so why not you just nominate 20 games you know why does it have to be a specific like <laughs> such an arbitrary number like six well yeah. i think it's like the oscars they limit it because there's only so much time they have for broadcast actually not just that because sometimes uh, especially during one of the i think the early 2004 when nothing really came out oh yeah so they only had no. four movies nominated or something yeah and then there was this other time when like oh yeah there are 10 good movies and then you get all the the snubs i guess and i mean i do agree with you that there's also something along the lines of uh, when it comes to production it's like yeah we need we have specific time slots for ads yeah and, and because lots it's and lots of ads lots of ads and it's a live show and you need to like account for things fucking up because whenever you do something live at least five different things will fuck up and they'll be from like minor fuck ups to major fuck ups yeah so uh, because technology gremlins are the literal worst well and they know, know dramatic timing i would also say this uh i don't think ninja's gonna make an appearance this year so yeah there's one less fuck up <laughs> oh yeah he's in his mixer exile on Microsoft Island. You know, props to him. He brought how many million people with him? Uh, less than a million, I think. Yeah, and has he ever come, come back to Switch? Twitch? Uh, no, I think he sold his soul and, and his nobody first cares. Getting back with some money, sure, why not? That's his yeah. choice. I, I can't wait to see him shilling for X, what, Xbox Game Pass or something. Xbox Scarlet, probably, as well. Oh, yes. Is that going to be a thing? Will they announce Apparently Scarlet? I think, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. They only announce it next, more stuff next year. So. They tend to do it around E3 when they do the big uh, hardware um, That's true, yeah. announcements. Yeah. Or yeah. even before that, like it'll be like February or March or something or April. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, also, uh, there's no new... I mean, severe lack of uh, Asian games because there's a couple of Japanese games like, that came out, like Astral Chain, which I think is kind of deserving of some attention. Did it get nominated for anything? Uh, action Adventure, or is it Action? One of those categories, yeah. What? Astral Chain, Astral Chain did get nominated, yeah. Oh, okay, so... Alright, that's good to know. I mean, uh, here's the truth, I don't give a fuck about the VGAs, because... <laughs> Neither do we! <laughs> the games I like to play are never nominated, so, huh, whatever. We're, yeah. we're only talking about it because of the SEO boys and girls, yeah, come exactly. on. We so, are also playing that game. Yes. I mean, like, so long as everyone goes into the VGAs realizing that it's really just, like, a fun sideshow, which has no meaning whatsoever, mm. and then we can all just like enjoy the bladness of it all. I would say like uh, if any of you younger, no, I wouldn't say younger, maybe now approaching middle age, no, maybe yeah. Uh, for all you kids out there who grew up on game trailers, it's literally just game trailers. Yeah, I think it's the same production stuff. <laughs> it's exactly the same production the same stuff, people. and yeah. then you have these uh, like you know intercepting moments of like just uh, all these analysts and industry types talking to each other saying things that you don't care about just more marketing speak so sure or doing that one thing where you know like oh we're gonna have Nintendo Sony and Microsoft like join hands together for just that one scene for people to talk about it on Twitch or clip it and stuff. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ <laughs> I just saw that and they were acting like oh for the first time all three are together in the same room it's like look they obviously do cocaine to together on each other's yachts on the weekend. <laughs> like, why are we pretending that they're these sworn enemies? Because we need to establish the narrative of the, the console wars, which was prevalent for the last five or ten years, which nobody really cared about. Look, millionaires and billionaires all hang out together in the same country club. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can't wait for maybe a fourth person to join them on stage. I would <gasps> like to see... You mean Google? I would, like to, see... <laughs> I would like to see that. That would be adorable. <laughs> because it's like... 
the three of them have made up and then like a new challenger arises and they're like, oh, look at this one. <laughs> it's fucking Jeff Bezos who's like bought all like the latest of Power Wars and has like never played a Zelda Bezos game before. Bezos is Amazon, sir. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, they also want to do something. Really? Yeah, yeah Amazon wants to do a gaming guy? platform, uh, right? They had a gaming studio just for uh, mobile um, Android stuff, but that's... I mean, it would make total sense for them because they do own Twitch as well. Yeah. You know, so it's like they should do something with that platform. And I know that they have in development like a racing game or something, which... I think it's Turn 10 who are making it. Really? Or, or is it whatever's left of Criterion? I can't remember. Oh, God, the Burnout guys? Yeah. I want to see something from them. I don't know. Uh, but it's one of the uh, UK-based uh, racing game companies. Hmm. I'm, I'm really curious because uh, Stadia kind of uh, was sucks. A <laughs> <laughs> now, now. Mince words, yeah. Okay. It, yes, it's a bit of a fart in the bath. Sure. But it's like it's a fucking <laughs> diarrhea expulsion in the bath. <laughs> As you sit. Like thing. you have to t take the bath out and install a new one. It's so ruined. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's definitely not ready. That's look, sure. look. Everybody said the same thing about the, that gaming the you, the platform, I guess. Every other streaming platform which has since like eaten shit. Look, you have to understand, right? It's we're, we're changing the way you play games. Now you don't need to own an amazing rig anymore. You just need to connect to us through Google Chromecast for some reason. Yes, you have to pay $200 to maybe have a chance to buy a game in the future. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, like, I mean, I love what you said just now. Remember the Ouya? No. <laughs> exactly. Nobody remember no the Ouya. Did. They don't even yeah. remember On Life? Exactly. No. Yeah. Nobody remember On Life. <sighs> oh, Stadia. Probably. Nah, but then again, where else am I going to play my three Tomb Raider games? <laughs> oh, yeah. On Steam <laughs> and other platforms. Where you could buy it for, like, pocket change now. I mean, but you do know that Steam is also in development of trying to create uh, some aspect of a streaming technology. Service. Oh, you mean like this, the Steam box, which they've been talking about for the last seven years? I think the problem with that is because, like, if only Linux distros would just settle on what the specs are. Yeah, like, that's never going to happen. And that's never going to happen because, I mean, you do understand, it's like most of the PC gamers are the, we need to tweak our shit. And if you have like a unifying platform, say like a console, where I mean you can't swap out like you know hard disks or video cards or whatever, then like yeah. What's the point? Like, I appreciate the idea of like a micro PC. I like the concept, but I also like being able to like do shit to it myself without to ask mm. someone to do it for me. Totally. So yes. Uh, also, DJs. you can't put RGB on it, so fuck it. Zero out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you're one of those guys. No, I'm not. <laughs> I. I cannot understand this obsession with RGB. Look, okay, sometimes it's purple, sometimes it's blue. It depends on my mood. Cool. So you are, what, a teen girl with a mood ring now? No, I'm a teen <laughs> boy who plays... With a mood ring. With, with a mood ring, too. With a mood ring. Yeah. No, it's a mood keyboard, sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's Cherry MX Brown. Yeah, I'm <laughs> feeling sad today because my girlfriend dumped me and my friend didn't talk to me. Look, so I'm going to play Minecraft with the, the blue perfect, color. So it's all purple. <laughs> Look, I need the perfect light blue illumination when I play Death Stranding, sirs. Ugh. Okay, and it has to match my RGB uh, monitor with my RGB RAM slick uh, and my RGB motherboard and with my your RGB racing, face. With your <laughs> racing back uh, gaming chair, which costs like $800 for a cup, for something that costs $60 to Look, make. it goes perfectly horizontal. Yeah. <laughs> Just like a bed. <laughs> <laughs> or the floor. Anyway, boys. So Shall we get back on track? Because I don't understand where this detour is taking look, us. Look, the entire uh, motif of this podcast is about meandering and decisions and discussions. <laughs> oh, just like a game we're about to talk about, huh? Exactly. Please yeah. appreciate the segue, boys. <laughs> so, is it Death Stranding now? 
No, we're gonna talk about a game where you play oh. a person who is obviously stumbling through life in a world which he doesn't understand. And yes, yes, Death Stranding. Okay. No, no, we're gonna talk about Disco Elysium. Let's All have right. fun first. Okay, yes. so Disco Elysium came out from the guys of Zaum. I don't know how they pronounce that. Zaum, yeah. It's a, like Z-A-U-M. Mm, okay, so... Uh, Slash U-M. Already, I'm impressed with their choice in uh, very SEO-unfriendly studio names. Yeah, and also uh, some interesting choices when it comes to naming conventions in the game. No, I love the naming conventions. Oh, yeah. So, uh, let's set this game up. It's a game that nobody expected, or I would say... I, I wouldn't say... It came out of nowhere. I would say more that there was very little hype about it. There was even like little press, say for your rock paper shotgun coverage. That's it. Mm. And like you know, rock paper shotgun tend to have a pretty good, do a pretty good job of like casting out the net and like digging up whatever they can yeah, find. Yeah, I mean like I do appreciate that rock paper shotgun and like even publications like Giant Bomb will go out of their way to kind of highlight indie titles. Uh, unlike some publications like you know Polygon, which is a garbage website which nobody should ever go to. I'm, I'm running with that narrative from now on. Because if Kim Kardashian's mobile game is your 100 best games of the decade, fuck you, you're not a gaming publication. Go suck at the dick, Polygon. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so, on, that, on that note. <laughs> but Disco Elysium, on the other hand, uh, I would say it's uh, something from the past. Uh, there's a heavy nostalgic vibe when I play something like Disco Elysium because it's... Oh, a point-and-click adventure. Haven't seen one of those in a while. It's a very pretty point-and-click adventure, yes. Yes, indeed. And in the style of an isometric RPG like your Planescapes or your Baldur's Gate 2. Yeah, I yeah. would say this uh, game apes Planescape a lot because yeah. you literally start naked in the middle of a bathroom as well. With no fucking idea how you got there. Mm -hmm. Probably the most weird uh, opening monologue. Where your inner reptile brain tries to convince you to stay asleep. Yeah. Your inner reptile brain says, like, stay in the nothingness. You keep clicking, yes, I yeah, enjoy the nothing, until eventually you get bored and say, okay, she, now I want to play the game. Now. Oh, gosh. And uh, then hilarity ensues. So Disco Elysium is a isometric, I think, yeah, that's the term. Isometric, top-down, point-and-click adventure slash RPG. Uh, and not RPG in the modern sense because uh, there's very little battles, there's very little combat. Yeah, I mean, it's RPG in terms of role the playing, the role playing of, and yeah. the systems. It's not got like the combat pillar. Well, there is a little bit of combat, but yeah. but it's all dice rolls. It's all <laughs> dice rolls. And it's um, it's not the D20 system. It's uh, It looks like it's a 2D6 system, which is interesting. I would say, yeah, because uh, this whole game is built on their metric RPG system and the only kind of documentation I can get about this is on their actual website. And uh, the branding is basically that it's designed to be the most simplest role-playing system, which, uh, if anything, I mean, it does has, have... It's, it's, it's basically six skills. Uh, characters can attempt any task, which is very similar to, I would say, I think this is very close to like D&D 4 or before. Mm, no. Um, no, no, right. It's not as streamlined, right? No, I mean this is like the most similar I can think of is uh, the system uh, used by Monster of the Week. Mm, yeah, maybe that too. Yeah. Uh, so, what well, what does help is that it's very simple. You have like you know either it's a flat zero, or you have like some modifiers. You roll the two d six, and then like the number says whether you succeed or not. Mm. And I think success is a twelve. Is pure success. Pure success, and then yeah. it's like mixed success, and then let's fail. Yeah, and then and the thing is, they give you the the odds for each roll. Yeah, and most of the times, well, let the dice roll, see what happens. And yeah, and sometimes you get lucky. Like the first time I played through for just an hour to test it, uh, I succeeded on a seven percent roll. 
Oh, where I ran away? Lady. No, where I ran away from the bank man from the manager telling me to pay for my room. <laughs> I just went fucking book it. And then you you ran to the other side of the diner. And then I came back and goes, I had to continue talking to him. I love his reaction. Hmm, very mature. <laughs> very mature asshole. <laughs> okay, so uh, maybe we go straight into what we love about this game. So Disco Elysium. Uh, okay, for me especially, it does remind me of games like Baldur's Gate and Planescape Torment in the way that. Uh, the options are presented to you outside of the normal yes, no, other uh, system. Mm -hmm. And I love the fact that even what would probably be like a yes option is worded in a way that makes you doubt whether this is worth the effort. Yeah, it's like a lot of stuff because, you know, you're role-playing someone who got so drunk, you literally damaged your brain and can't remember anything. Like, it's amazing you still have motor functions. And so... Which when you're trying to find out, like, why do you start drinking? Like, every problem is saying, like, you really don't want to do this. And you can say, no, I want to do this. I want to do this. Why did I pass out? Oh, no, I remembered. I'm a sad sack. <laughs> and then there's also one thing I enjoy is, like, even when you remember things like that, there's always moments where, like, you fail your morality role. And, like, you know what? I, I just give up. I don't want to be a police officer. Game over. <laughs> so at any point in this game, if it decides to just fuck with you, and, like, uh... Yeah, there's no real way to win, but there's a lot of ways to keep playing, which I thoroughly enjoy. It feels yeah. like an arcade game in a sense, where yeah. you're constantly teetering on failure, which makes the, I would say, I mean, I wouldn't say the immersion, but the need to succeed very prevalent. Which is interesting because, uh, I mean, I have saved scummed in the past, like anyone has. We're all gonna save scum yeah. this game. The thing is, like, I have. It's built for save scumming, yes. I have no intention to save scum this game. What? Because... You're gonna take this one? You're gonna go for real? Because the thing is that, because also uh, I've been playing a shit ton of D&D for the last like year and a half. Yeah. And I've gone to learn to love the failures. So I kind of want to see what happens if I fail spectacularly. Because <laughs> like on the first run, I managed to hurt myself twice on the same ceiling fan. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it off first! <laughs> after Pro tip, last game fans. Turn off the fan before you get your tie. But it's fun when it's, you're trying to like, like try and grab it while it's still spinning no, you'll around. You'll do damage and you'll hurt your hand. And you'll be walking over like one life, and then like the next thing, like the next rock you kick will give you a heart attack. What, when you try and punch a kid and you fall over and hurt yourself, because <laughs> you're. Oh no no! I passed that roll. I, I knocked the shit out of Kuno. Fuck you, Apparently, Kuno. you can grab the fat. You can grab the tie while it's moving if you got a physical one of those physical attributes like really high level. Let's say. I think you got intelligence. You got psyche. You've got physical and. I forgot what the last one is. I put most of my points on uh, psyche and physical. So oh, I think it depends on how you get it, yeah. I would also say this, right? Uh, yeah, the character develop I mean, the character creation. I mean they give you the three archetypes, which, which is, like if you really want to enjoy this game, don't play the archetypes. Don't do that. Yeah, just like, reset your stats and then build. Like do your first run through as you and see how much you would fucking fail as an alcoholic. <laughs> Which is immediately for most of us. I oh guess. yes, exactly. <laughs> As actual alcoholics, yeah, we we make bad life choices. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, but I would also say, uh, I mean, you can try the archetypes if you want to get a feel of the game, or if you're new to this, which I thoroughly appreciate because there mm -hmm. is. I mean, I wouldn't say it's hand holding, but I would say it's more like okay, uh, if you don't know where to start, or if you're not familiar with stuff like this, sure, here's uh, the physical one, the thinking one, and then the emotional one. But you know, it's more fun to kind of like I want to be emotional. 
uh, and very physical. So I'm like more brutish and more about. I'm a very sensitive dipshit. I'm a very sensitive asshole. <laughs> I get very touchy feely sometimes. And yeah. then, and then also what I love is like because uh, I've done three playthroughs and I've been like spreading my points uh, over various characters. Okay. I kind of realized, pro tip, if you put more stuff into your intellect, and then, uh, especially if you buff up something like visual calculus, yeah, where like, basically the game, no, 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 this is the right choice, make this choice. Oh. So it's like, damn it, it's like, I, I wouldn't say it's a spoiler, but I would say like, if you're the kind of guy who wants to rush through something and get achievements, or you just want to play the game, enjoy it, experience it, and walk away from it, there is that path for you. But then yeah. there's also like, guys like us, who's like, nah, I, I, now I want to be like a... Overreactive, uh, emotional basket case, who's constantly spurting things from uh, my, my my memory well of uh, probably like figments of my imagination. Yeah, I mean, like that's just the one like thing where I was like, it gets a bit less immersive because everyone is so patient with you. <laughs> Not everyone. Uh, don't Some... forget, don't forget, you're a cop, so I think that's why. Maybe that's why because patient, like yeah. you're talking like an absolute fucking lunatic, like often talking to your tie, and then everyone's just like. Okay, do you want to? I ignore all the prompts from my tie. <laughs> yeah, but I also say, yeah, like, oh, that tie is evil. <laughs> yes, it is. That's why I ignore it. Stop talking to the tie. <laughs> exactly. It's Pro a, tip: Don't talk to the tie. It's <laughs> a piece of apparel. It should not determine your choices in life. <laughs> Jesus. Oh no, trust me. You make a choice with that tie. <laughs> <laughs> Look, sir, I've been walking around with nothing but uh, what was it? A sexy vest, a rubber gloves. A cowboy hat or some sort of weird. I think it was a cowboy hat. Where'd you get the hat from? I got the hat from the bookstore. Oh, yeah. And the, yeah. the and the, the 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 hat raised my visual calculus to five, so I'm one more than the usual. I need to go find that hat you right have, now. You have to talk to the girl. I did talk to the girl. Okay, did you make friends with her or did you get annoyed with her? I tried to make friends with her, but she got annoyed with you. I I think I just said okay goodbye. Did you make the link with her mother in the shop? No, maybe I have to go back and talk to her. Okay. So see, there's a lot of things you can do, or you can't do. Yeah, yes. See, this is what I love about this game is that like so everyone's secrets, experience yeah. is a little bit different. Some of it is just because of, like character choices or dialogue options, and some of it is just dice rolls. Like sometimes you're very lucky with a dice roll and you manage to kind of flirt with a sexy Miss uh, Orangia up top, but she still declines you. Uh, yeah, but at least she declines you nicely rather than like <laughs> fuck off, you creep. Oh, yeah? Did you try to do a sexy dice roll with a lady in wheelchair? I did. I succeeded. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> she gave me something to pawn off at the porch shop. <laughs> oh, she, she gave you the pin, right? Was it? Yeah. Was it well, the green ape pen or something, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got two things from her. She's very nice. Mm -hmm. She calls you sweetie. Yeah. <laughs> and you and can she... talk to her about imaginary animals, if I recall, right? They're called cryptids, sir. Cryptids. That's the correct scientific nomenclature. And they're not imaginary. <laughs> Imaginated. There's they're real to me, goddammit! <laughs> yeah, they're big, they're invisible, they're small, they're bacterial. Yeah, cryptids. Yeah, it's cryptids. Awesome. You know, I also enjoyed uh, your partner in crime, uh, Kim, who Kim. all of a sudden gets interested in cryptids. So, yeah, sure, let's talk about cryptids. Let's <laughs> talk about Kim, our moral center. How yeah, he that? is, yeah, wonderful. He like, is wonderful. He's just very patient with you, which is a <laughs> lovely trait. Much more than he should be, by all <laughs> accounts. Like, when you just, like, admit to him, like, I can't remember anything at all. I've been drunk for three days. And he goes like, okay, well, uh, let's start. <laughs> Once we clock off at nine, you can talk to me about your personal life. Oh, you life. have to do your, uh, your nightly debriefs, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to have my first one with him. Oh. And you can also not have him around after nine, per se, so you can do all that... 
really illegal shit if you wanted to, basically. You're free to explore after 9pm, yeah. yeah. So, because there's... Okay, I would say, if there was a penalty to staying awake, uh, it might make... I wouldn't say it make the game more fun, but also provide a little bit more strategy and challenge, I would say. Yeah. But then I'm asking for too much, because this game does way too much. It and, does a lot for yeah. a, what must be a quite a small studio. I would say, yeah. I mean, I think I've only seen two names on the website. Oh but, shit, if it's only two names, then that's yeah. very impressive if it's just two But people. I don't know if there's like a whole bunch of them because, uh, no, either way, uh, Disco Elysium does have uh, the trappings of an indie game because it mm-hmm. doesn't try to go big. But I would say uh, it knows what it wants to attempt because from what I understand, it's like basically this was a kind of an RPG system that they've been working on for over a decade, if not mistaken, and decided to kind of uh, conceptualize it into like a game form. And... Uh, I think what's really impressive about Disco Elysium is that you can sense the the constant tweaking and iterations. Like mm. I think this is something that was like probably formulated a long time ago and like kind of got perfected and it came to a point where they felt like, you know what? This could definitely be a very interesting RPG style role playing game. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they gave it to us and uh, we're very thankful for them, I would say. Uh, yeah. Although it's kind of wild because this is a small game in 2019 and it's 13 gigabytes big. True that, but I mean. And I heard the playthrough itself, if you finish it, I think it's about 20 hours if you want to get through everything or even longer. But it's so replayable, you could probably yeah. easily sink 500 hours into this. I would say. And still not quite see everything. Okay, wait. Uh, true that, guys. true that. For each of you, how many save files do you have running at the same time? Right now, just the one. I've uh, I've got the least playtime out of all of you because okay. I got Pokemon Sword instead of this game at first. Ah, right, right. Yeah, I got 30. 30 saves. Jesus. You really? got 30 saves going? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how I play like Planescape and uh, Ultima 7. Like, just have a lot just piling up. You have your asshole save, your Paragon save. Yes, exactly. The, yes. the I only choose the third option save. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> when you want to be much. Mr. Grey. No, you want... Yeah. No. Because this game comes with achievements, sir. There's even an achievement for saying sorry a certain amount of times. Yeah, really? yeah. There's an yeah. achievement there. And then oh. there's also another achievement for saying I'm the law a certain <laughs> amount of times. So yeah, I'm very tempted because like I, I'm not saying I'm safe scumming purely. There are there's I have one safe file where I'm kind of safe scumming purely for achievements. Uh, and I would say they don't really clock it. Oh, they do. They, they do clock in your playtime, right? Um, I think they do, yeah. Because this is one of the few games and it's been a long time that I'm actually attempting to try and speedrun to see if I can get to if I can solve the mystery in the shortest time possible and what are the, the specific options. Yeah. And the thing is, like, there is a lot of dice rolls, so, yeah. I mean, everything's a barrier, including yourself, apparently. <laughs> oh, yeah, you are often the biggest barrier to everything. Like, uh, you have, like, what? 10, 20 voices talking to you one at a time about certain things. Especially no, you when have... you walk around, when after you talk to someone, there'll be, like, a little icon at the top of your head. You yeah. click on it, it's probably, like, your... Psyche or your authority figure speaking to or you. Or your inland empire. Yeah. Inland or your morality. Yeah. <laughs> Who's your favorite inner voice? I guess it's authority. Really? Show. I get to mess around with people more or less. Yeah. Mine is a trivia one because it's so <laughs> benignly useless. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> because that's exactly how my brain works. <laughs> you know what's really important right now during this murder mystery? Do you know this thing about sparrows? Like what? <laughs> yeah, just like... Because I do like, oh, that's that's cute. Thank you very much, uh, Trivia. <laughs> and then even better, Kim will re- re- react to you is like, what was that about? <laughs> it's like, how is that useful? Never mind, let's carry on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, okay, uh, I think something we need to allude to. Okay, we've been talking about all of these interactions with other characters, right? But I mean, apart from a lovely lady in wheelchair, a lovely lady with lovely lady waiting upstairs, 
the very uh, disgruntled uh, bar manager slash bartender. Oh yeah, fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. The gardener waiting outside, who's apparently part of the movement. And I would say this, right? There's a fuck ton of interactions available for you because we also did mention Kuno and the annoying little girl egging him on in the background. Yes. Oh god, fuck Kuno. <laughs> I mean, I normally... Like, I'm firmly of the belief that, you know, you should not, you know, harm children. But, but in a game, you can. But that one has it coming. <laughs> right, just break his nose. He's a, he's a drag addict. He deserves it. Oh, yeah. No, he, he needs, like, a course correction, shall we say. Have you met the two older gentlemen towards the south playing that weird game of, I don't know what you call bocce or when you, like, throw balls oh, or something? Oh, I ended up throwing the ball just to show off and then the guy just scolded me for doing so. So, what I... That sounds... <laughs> yeah, that sounds about, about right. right. Yeah. You, you did the option, I thought it was a shot put. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was you so jerk. hilarious. How dare you? These are men in their retirement years. It's it's so easy and fun to be a dickhead. And it's in a way where because everyone is a quite quietly resigned, it's a bit more fun than being an arsehole like for example the outer worlds. True that. Where you feel like an absolute monster when you do anything to some of these. But then the best characters. thing is also when you meet other dickheads and then oh, you yeah. like see which one of you is all pissing contests after that. I mean, have you done the the phone call conversation with uh, the uh, with the police precinct? Not yet. Oh god! <laughs> oh, that, that, that was hilarious. That was also hilarious. Too. Are you alone? <laughs> Tell me about my family. <laughs> I don't know who I am. <laughs> okay, but uh, okay. Do you want to talk about the racist? I, the racism? Sure. The, <laughs> I love the racism. No, what's funny is like the first racist, like okay, you're bog standard white supremacist, whatever. Then you meet a Semnian supremacist mm-hmm. and. Just like a seven and a half foot tall black man talk about how he is a superior with three person. hot girls, you know, clinging to his every word. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like talking to him, going like, and like he talks in like block uh, capitalized letters <laughs> as well. He's like a troll on the internet. I love him. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, and then you have an option to like force the mental process of being a Semnian supremacist into your head. And there's another thing we didn't talk about. If you want to like think better, you need to like conceptualize different thoughts and internalize them yeah to get buffs for so, skills the first one i got was uh police superstar oh you did the i'm a rock star oh yeah, yeah. The, the rock star thing <laughs> it's funny because you have a minus one to logic because it makes no fucking sense yeah but you get plus you get up to six for everything else i don't know i think uh the, the first one i got was like the the militant feminist one. Oh, which i thought was uh, very very much my character Sure, yes. <laughs> sure. And then like convincing myself then after that to be a communist and then all of a sudden I had this other thought to be a fascist and then I decided to be a Semonese racist even though technically... I mean, I love the argument I have with him. He's like, but isn't it all just who has more money? And then he, and, like, even like the Semonese guy is like, no, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm having an argument with this guy. <laughs> Aha! And like, if you know me, Last King fans, I love to argue my way into any situation. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> this game gives you a lot of opportunities for that. Oh, yes, it does. I mean, I don't know. You know what would be really fun for me, though? Yeah? Just the, ex- the, the extra drama. And I, I think it's a bit unnecessary. I would like to see actual visual dice roll in front of you. So You, you only see the dice results. You, don't you see only it. see the dice results. I would like yeah. to see it kind of bounce on the screen for a little bit. And so at least you have your butt-clenching moment. Like, I might just have sex with this thing. <laughs> Ah, oh, shit. 
Yeah, because that's part of the fun of playing these RPGs. Yeah, especially, I mean, like, the thing is, when you play, like, D&D like, in video game form, right? I mean, you see the results, and sure, it's streamlined, but once in a while, and if you could make it as part of the gameplay, maybe with, like, a mouse flick or something where you could actually throw the dice so yeah. you are in control, it doesn't feel totally random. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the thing is, like, why I'm so pertinent to safes coming is because it's, like, yeah, uh... This is just basically the, the game's inner clock and then at this one point of time, this is the option that's presented to me. Whereas if it's really your fault, whereas like, no, you rolled it, this is... Yeah, you're, like, you're more like, okay, I guess I suck. Even yeah, though it's yeah. still random number generating, but I mean, you like, somehow managed to affect it. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was and thinking. And even if you get like some low odds when doing certain <coughs> things, you can still get the roll. Again, safe's coming. It does play a pretty big part here if you want to get through the main story or even like yeah. some of the side I mean, quests. they do have this uh, mechanic built in where they will lock, especially the white options because mm -hmm. which because can be tried over and over again yeah you call. know and I would say I mean it doesn't feel like a barrier but it does feel like uh, yeah I'll get back to you and okay probably it's not really a criticism but more along the lines of like you have a lot to do sir there is <laughs> I'm so I'm much I'm still looking for my badge my gun my other shoe at one point <laughs> it's like oh yeah <laughs> it was outside the whole time shit yeah if you <laughs> If you feel like the uh, visual calculation, you don't realize where your other shoe is. <laughs> so you have to like look for it. Oh, oh, I went through the first day without my other shoe, actually. I feel wow. Kim told me that, oh, you've been running around without my shoe. Oh, shit. Okay. Same thing. Like, and the thing is, when Kim told me, it's like, okay, fuck it. On my second playthrough, it's like, I'm going to get the shoe first, then I'm going to play this game. <laughs> then I get the tie. <laughs> fuck. Uh, but there is a lot to explore and there is a lot to do. But I think also, okay, uh, I don't brush over brush over this, uh, pun intended, right? The watercolor painting style and like that very dreamlike, surreal, like uh, I would say visual aesthetic. I mean, a lot of this reminds me of those classic Neil Gaiman Sandman books. Mm -hmm. Especially yes, in the character does. design and especially in the way all these inner voices are talking to you. And I would say also, it's got probably one of the most interesting takes on like the classic D&D alignment system. Yeah. Because it's like, it's not your, your basic lawful, chaotic, and neutral, plus good, evil, blah. Yeah. Because to me, that becomes, it's not, say, segmented, but it becomes obvious. Yeah. Whereas this, this is like, it allows you to kind of blur the lines in between a little bit. There's proper shades of grey, and... There's tons of grey here, sorry. Which Which I prefer, because, like, then you're, like, more of like, an actual person, rather than, like... Like an archetype. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I think, I would say for probably, in a long while, not since Planescape Torment, maybe. It's like you're actually playing yourself and yeah. you have that ability and there's enough nuance and there's enough suggestion, I would say, because nothing is totally spelled out for you unless you want it to and it can. I mean, there's an entire mechanic. But then you have it. to sacrifice some other aspect of you to be able to get to that point. Look, I and don't... Even without the hand-holding, even though all your inner thoughts will actually lead you to the right direction depending on which ones you actually put more points to. So Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty helpful in a sense, like it tells you, oh, this is the correct answer, but don't press the woman too much, you know, and so forth and so forth. Yeah, like when it says, like, obviously she's kind of uncomfortable, let's not, like, uh, go down this world too far. You Unless cannot you listen to, yeah. if you want to. You cannot listen if you want to. Like, you know, obviously don't listen to your reptile brain. Your reptile brain doesn't want anything to do other than, like, do nothing. But the reptile brain's so fun! He's Sounds got cool a wonderful too. voice. <laughs> yeah. That's you! <laughs> Nothing, baby. Like, God, I wish I had that voice. So, I would say this, right? Big discussion time. Uh, do you think it's a resurgence? Will there be more games of this ilk? I don't I don't think we'll see, like, a flurry of it because whilst I'm sure this game sold quite well... I mean, it reviewed quite well. I, wouldn't, I don't know about... We don't, we don't have sales though. numbers. No. Yeah, yeah. 
And you know, depending on like, you know, where the studio is based and like any kind of like support they get from like wherever they are, mm. I suspect they're European. It does sound this way. I mean, I didn't really do enough research like, into the background. Like they have like French accents for some of the voice actors. They've got a lot of Dutch words mixed in. Oh, okay. Mm. But, but then again, I mean, it's, it's Blade Runner. It's like every language becomes one language. That's true. Which, but um, I mean, I, I'm not quite sure and I have to do some digging up. But, you know, if they're successful, they might do another one. But it'd be nice to see them do something slightly different. I think the developers did say they're going to do another one because he did a, he actually based this off a 10-year-old RPG campaign he did with his other friend, the developer, uh, quite a while ago. And then okay. they did one or two side stories based on that same world Disco Elysium is in. So a sequel is definitely likely. When it's going to come out, we don't know. Wait. Probably a while. Probably another three years, four yeah, years. Yeah, three, four years or so. Yeah. Wait, there's lore? Uh, <laughs> there's yeah, more? apparently there's, a, there's a, like a novel he made, basically. Oh, sweet Jesus. Well, I mean... You kind of tell there is some lore because like you're just scratching the surface mm. and I mean thank god you're playing like a blackout alcoholic so it makes sense why you don't understand why all this fuck is happening. I mean you can't quit drinking halfway through the game you know. But what's the fun in that? Oh then you <laughs> become that. a drug addict. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you're addicted to speed. <laughs> but uh, I think that it definitely shows that it's feasible to uh, make games on other um, RPG systems. I guess so. Uh, because people tend to, like, when people think RPG, they tend to think almost exclusively of the D20 system. Mm. Or combat, or in, like, physical combat, slashing yeah, each other yeah, yeah. and fighting. Yeah. This is not much fighting to come and kind of think of it. You know, all you do is punch a kid, have a rowdy uh, thing going on, but that's about it. It's all Look, conversation based. I think, like, the best we'll get is maybe we'll get, like, a double A game sometime down the line if they're sold well. I don't enough. think I want one. I think yeah. I want it to kind of be that niche market because to me, this is what I felt Telltale should have been. Yeah, this is that. absolutely yeah, that's a good idea. What, yeah. Yeah. what Telltale could have been. Like, imagine this style of thing with The Walking Dead. Yeah. Where it truly could be literally anything you want. And I don't want them to make the mistake of trying to tie it tied with any licenses or franchises mm. like like expand on the world and this is something that I think would definitely evolve into something greater or bigger because I can imagine this game as like an amazing uh, Witcher style RPG yeah but okay budget aside and ambition aside is like no no what you have here is a compelling way to tell narrative games uh very strong writing and I would say this like and, and this is the guy on the podcast who kind of always like you know gets upset about too much narrative but if it's done well and you know like yes and I think most importantly I would say they need to kind of uh, be proud of what they have yeah. and then make the next step and I want a sequel ASAP and then I for think sure. that's, that's definitely the best next step for this uh, studio because I mean, if anything, we, I mean, what is the purpose of this podcast? But the champion, good games, absolutely, good games that needs recognition, of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like it's not like this is the perfect game. Like, um, you know, good thing that the writing is good because there's so much fucking reading. Bloody hell. That's the only real criticism. And also, I have like for sometimes, uh, whilst I like the asymmetric design, sometimes like if there's something in like the bottom left corner, but there's a building in the way, mm. it becomes trial and error to try and pick something up, which is a bit yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. The item detection is a little bit weak. Yeah, I mean, and they even do your path detection as well. You kind of have to click a lot of times oh. just to get to. Oh yeah, areas, yeah path there. detection can be a little bit squirrely. Like I would. Whilst pointing click, it's fine. I would like the option to do the standard um, directional with. Um, like you can oh move the character with like a WSAD. Yeah. Right? yeah, because I don't think it takes away from the game to have that put in. So it's like comparing old Grim Fandango to new Grim Fandango. Kind of, yeah. You, you want to be able to walk around there. Because the thing is, like, old Grim Fandango was great when it came out. Mm -hmm. 
you can't sell that shit today. Yeah, tank controls don't work yeah. anymore. Yeah. Uh, but, There's a oh, reason why they, why they removed it in Resident Evil 2. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> had that option where okay, if you double click on an exit, you go to the exit straight away and stuff. Or even like a little bit of a fast forward button. They put that in Baldur's Gate 2, if I remember. Where walking around can be yeah, very yeah. tedious. So just have that fast forward button. Everything else can just remain the same, you know? Yeah, I agree. But you can also kind of like run when you double click on things. I mean, it's not really running. I mean, yeah. it's, a, it, it's a slow jog. <laughs> yeah, it's like jog. as a fast jog, as an yes. alcoholic man in his mid-50s can go. You know what's also yeah. hilarious? Yeah. It's like, uh, Kim just catches up you with like with a stride. It's like, oh yeah, I'm really out of shape, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I he would never say you're out of shape, but you can tell. Like it's like the whole like you're doing the rockstar run. Of course, you're not gonna say out of shape. Okay, I'm doing yeah. the depressed alcoholic cop run. I'm uh, reminding people I'm out of shape. Please don't hurt me. But I'll answer some questions. <laughs> I'll do the uh, alcoholic and depressed cop next run. <laughs> what? So shall we give a final score? Uh, for me, oh man, this is definitely strong contender to be amongst game of the year. In fact, yeah, this is definitely my top five. This is a nine upon ten. Wow, okay. wow, a genuine 9 upon 10 from me. What about you, Toffee? I think I'm going to go about the same. I really enjoyed, you know, playing this game my first playthrough. I kind of want to actually do the playthroughs you guys suggested and probably a bit more here and there because I want to find out more different decisions, different options here and there because this game just offers quite a lot even if just that kind of minuscule yet very lovely presentation. And yeah, that's about it. It's all mm. about the dialogue. It's all about the story writing and the world building which really works in this kind of games. So. Yes. Oh, I love me some good world building. Mm. I'm a fucking sucker for it. Give me that. Okay. Uh, I'm not gonna give a review because I've not played it enough to give an honest thing. Well, I mean, we can always return to it because then we would have uh, 10 other playthroughs we need to talk yeah. about. I mean, I'll, I'll <laughs> casually mention it next episode probably. Well, Alright, okay. fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. Heavily recommended here from the Last Game Podcast. Oh yeah, for sure. If you like video games, you need to get this. And it's not even that expensive. It's what... I think it's about 30 bucks on Steam Singapore dollars. Yeah, which yeah, is... 30 sing, yeah. About 20-ish yeah. US, I would say. But, I mean, Steam sale is coming very soon. Yeah, I mean, even if you subscribe to the bullshit $1, one hour mentality, there's definitely more than... Uh, that's hundreds that. of hours. Like, you can get lost in this game, which is what I love about it so much. Yeah. yeah. Just, just bring your reading glasses. Just yeah, I mean, warning. you know what? I would love mm. to see this as, like, a Twitch place. We should do that. Yeah. <laughs> we should, the, the three of us should represent a different inner psyche and try to convince each other, this is the right choice, dumbass. I'll be the trivia one. I'll never contribute anything. I'll just like give random bullshit information. Yes, and I'll be the un uh, emotionally unhinged yet violent one. No, fight, fight everything. We fight and fuck. Fight, fuck, drink. That's our, that's our, that's our thing. You are pure id. Yes. It software. What? <laughs> and Toffee is... Uh, I don't know, whatever. Savoir-faire. Savoir-faire. <laughs> Uh, what's the one where you steal stuff? I forgot which one was it. I think Hannah coordination in. in well, interfacing. Yeah, sure. There you go. And uh, speaking of interfacing, um, you don't do very much of it in the next game we have to talk about. Boy. Well, you kind of do, but it's you the boring do too kind of... Much interfacing. Oh, you have to plug into a baby, yeah. <laughs> yeah that happens much later, actually. Okay. We're gonna have to talk about Death Stranding. Okay, we can't run away from it, basically. We've been beating around the bush too much. Run from it, hide from it. It is inevitable. So, I would say this, right? Uh, I think if you're paying attention to the reviews outside, Which I... you shouldn't. I mean, depends who you read and depends who you trust. Yeah, because like even notoriously generous IGN gave it a 6.8, which is on the very low side for them. Because you can't lie through this. Yeah. yeah. But then again, then comes this other narrative, which I find annoying is like where some game reviewers give it the bullshit is this game for you though 
where they make it your fault if you don't enjoy it. It's a mass marketed triple A game, which is designed to have broad appeal. If you Keyword want to, is game, basically. Yeah. Keyword game. If you want to make an interactive experience, fuck off to the indie section. Yeah, and don't charge fucking $90 for it. $90 fucking dollars to okay, play or, UPS Simulator. No. <laughs> Look, I call it GrabFood non-PMD edition. <laughs> Ooh, now that's some local humor for you folks. Okay, if you're paying attention to what's going on in Singapore, this is exactly what we're going through right now. Oh yeah, I got <laughs> fucked over by that PMD band, man. Why have... Why do I have to wait an hour for my McDonald's? God yeah, damn it. And now delivery is <laughs> charging like $18 for a small delivery fee. Go um, fuck yourself. So welcome to the era of uh, taking shit and bring it way over there for a, what particular reason? So And then you talk to someone to and then you bring more shit to America. someone else. Look, <laughs> reconnect America. <laughs> yes, that's pretty, much a, that's pretty much a quest. It's Hideo Kojima. Come on. Okay, it's a different America. This is after the, the Death Stranding event. Which I don't want to explain. No, please. What fact, is Death Stranding? So Death Stranding is basically when this gigantic BT were... Decided, What's a BT? A BT is this, those ghosts that you fucking see. What's a ghost? We call them ghosts. Okay. Yeah. We call them ghosts because... Okay, if you recall during the teaser trailer, you see these giant shadowy figures that kind of appear and mess with you. And they oh, come yeah. in the form of like either gigantic <laughs> humanoid figures, small humanoid figures, sometimes a whale, sometimes a giant lion. Yes. Okay. And... Uh, yeah, they, what, the thing is, each one of these BT has the potential to cause a void out. And a void out is this extremely explosive and destructive thing when a BT interacts with, uh, I would say, like a life force, basically a human or whatever. And this also causes the rain, and the rain ages everything it touches, which will explain a certain character. What that has to do with anything, nobody knows. So, you play Sam... Porter Bridges. Oh, Sam Porter, Porter Bridges. Bridges. So, huh. uh, wow, such clever naming. Yeah. Uh, oh, clever naming. <laughs> You've not met the second character. Her name is Fragile from the Fragile Network. So the name. So her name is Fragile. Her company's name is Fragile, and she's got Fragile written all over her jacket. In case you forgot, that's Fragile. And guess what? Yeah. She has the most cringe line of all time. I'm fragile, but I'm not. That fragile. <laughs> remember, when I he... laughed so hard when I heard that. Remember when he made an NPC literally never speak? <laughs> that was nice, wasn't it? This is what I miss about Metal Gear 2. None of them were talking that much. Yes. Okay. Ah, so, okay. I mean, there's definitely two discussions we need to have about this game. <laughs> Firstly, I mean, do let's we do. We, we can do the review. Yeah. Secondly, we can do the. What the fuck is the point of all of this? And why are people getting so hyped up upon it? Because I would say the true hypothesis of Death Stranding is... It... Hideo Kojima is so far up his own ass yeah. that he's created a singularity and we should just like leave him be. Mm. And He should it... just make a movie and just get out of his system and then get like 4 out of 10 on IMDb and then move on with his life. Because I think that's the fear. I think that's what's uh, preventing him from making that brave push towards actually being a filmmaker. And what he intends to do instead is... He is a filmmaker through osmosis or through uh, I know proxy because association. Yes, because he's because surrounding he's, himself with. He's buddy buddy with Guillermo del Toro. He's mm -hmm. always been a fan of films since when he first started Konami, I guess, like in the eighties or so. Look, I mean, you have to understand, like the very first Metal Gear game, uh, it was li literally Michael Bane from Terminator on the cover. Yeah. You know, yeah. repurposed as Solid Snake, and like, okay, we get it. You're a film fan. That's what makes your games interesting. But they're also fun because of the sneaking and all that for an MSX2 Because game. he had gameplay involved, sirs. Yes, and yes, it it's always been bananas. I mean, 
by right, standing in a cardboard box shouldn't make you hard to find. But it works because it's funny. I mean, even at that point of time, uh, there was a meta-narrative going on with that. And yeah. I do understand, like, I mean, okay, I especially appreciated, was it, I think it was uh, Metal Gear 2 when you fought Psycho Mantis, right? Uh, Metal Gear 1, you were fighting... Oh, was it um, 1? 1, the very first Metal Gear Solid yeah. for the PS1. You were fighting, well, you uh, had to fucking switch controllers or something, right? That's the one. That's the one. That's part one. Uh, Metal Gear and Solid that's One. That's what I, that's what I totally miss about Hideo Kojima because, uh, like any well, good games, would actively fuck with you. Yes, because what it does is like basically he understood the game mechanics. He understood everything around the game, and it came to that meta narrative where, it, now I would say it fucked with you, but it's like. He also understood the hardware you were playing on, like where characters in the game were reading your save files and saying, "Ah, you like fucking Final Fantasy yeah. or Castlevania." It's like, huh? And that's what I missed about uh, classic Kojima because it was all about you as a gamer or as a person experiencing the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, loosely lose use of the word experience because I think he was trying desperately to make a connection to you beyond gameplay. Yeah, that was initial Kojima, and that to me is God tier Kojima because what he did with Metal Gear One, Two, and Three is like okay, you know, especially when you fought like what was the old man's name? The again? end. Uh, the end. Where if, the you, end. if you didn't play the game for seven days, he would just die, or you could just reset your clock. Yes, or, that was damn smart. You know, that was actually yeah. really fun. Or the part where if you're like in that cutscene where you're just seeing him on the platform, you can just shoot him right there. Yep. Which is just like, that's mind-blowing for a PS2 era game. That yeah. is truly astounding gameplay design. So like the, the reason why we have to establish all of this, and also the fact that this is the guy who gave us like Snatchers on the Enders. Okay, yep, other yep. like classic games which will never see the light of day because other reasons. Yes. Where did it go wrong? How did he become this Kojima where he's so far up his own ass and he, like... Is it people around him who yes. are... It's the parade of fanboys sucking his dick day in, day out. So he's reached ultimate pretentiousness, right? He reached ultimate pretentiousness with Guns of the Patriots. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay, I think he was too big for his britches and he decided to... I would say he did not abandon the gamers, but I felt that he felt invulnerable to any sort of criticism because, yeah, the fervent fanboys aside... But I would say this, right? Even game publications were just like, you know, openly giving like anything he does like uh, way too much attention. Yeah, like Metal Gear Solid 4 got 10 upon 10 almost everywhere. Yeah, Um, And that's the crazy thing about Metal Gear Solid 4. Kojima actually didn't want to do this game, but he got a bunch of death threats coming in his way to the point where he was like, fuck it, I'm just going to co-direct the game together with this other guy in Konami with the team. And decide to just, I'm going to end this entire game, this series, this series that people have been following per se. So, hence the one hour cutscenes which we all complain about because it's all for the sake of closure. Yeah, and it's funny because I think the first time I heard a dissenting opinion about it was on Zero Punctuation. Mm. And like, Which is fair actually. Which yeah, is and very the fair. point which uh, Yati made and I think was quite important for me to learn in like, my formative years is just because you make something very big doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally. Yeah, and I think that's very true of the Metal Gear Solid series, especially between 4 and 5. Yeah, I mean, not 5. 5 actually was... Uh, a return I think there to were form. more more the developers... It was even a return to game, form. Right? It was definitely people looked at the criticisms of 4 and they looked at Kojima and they thought to him, it's like, make a game. An actual game, not yeah, yeah. 45 minutes of dialogue cutting which you can't skip. Which I think is also, like, and that's what I'm saying, is like what it's missing about 1, 2, and 3, and 4, 5, and even this game is like, 
I guess he's the kind of guy who is on this trajectory where he feels the need to push boundaries, so to speak. And yeah. like, uh, oh man, speaking of total pretentious, right? He literally was like, oh, okay, this is the first Strand game. He ge- he he invented a genre with Death Stranding. And no, then- we we have that genre already because you know, it's called Walking Simulator. <laughs> And, and we've we got tired like, of it with Dear Esther. Mario. <laughs> Mario? I mean, you walk, but at the same time, it makes walking Yeah, technically, Mario, running. every platformer is a walking simulator. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, oh. yeah, well, no, look, you jump as well, okay? Well, you can okay, jump fine. in Death Stranding too. And that's when you sh- like all your shit falls off your back. <laughs> oh, yeah, when you fucking stumble everywhere. God damn it, that, that random stumble mechanic. Okay, okay this is <laughs> the same reason I... Okay, we're gonna add some randomness factor because, like, you know, reality is random. It's like... I avoid reality and I play games. Why yeah. are you introducing this kind this of This is shit? escapism. Why yeah. do you think superhero movies are so popular? No, but also at the same time, I mean like, we also were talking about Disco Elysium and how the RNG there is factored into the entertainment value. Yeah. Whereas yeah. something like this, right? Something as rudimentary as just like carrying shit from point A to point B and just like, okay, all of a sudden, yeah, fuck you. Things fall, roll down the hill, into the river, that's your life now. Yeah, and I mean, that is fun. How? Uh, because it's meant to tell you about sometimes you just have to let things go, even if it's your paycheck. Which is also intertwined with the narrative because god damn it's convoluted. Okay, where was I again? So there was the Void Outs, and then there's the BTs, and then you meet Higgs, uh, and then Max Mickelson plays Clifford. Yeah, you see flashbacks of that stuff happening when yeah, you Yeah, which happened in World War Two, and Benicio, uh, what? No, Benicio. Guillermo del Toro <laughs> plays Dead Man. Dead Man. Yes, yeah. and then later you discover that he's actually a, a, a test tube baby comprised of uh, corpse parts. Hence, he's literally a dead man as what? well. What yes. the fuck? Did I tell you about Fragile? Yes, you told me about Fragile. <laughs> she's not that fragile. Oh, is she not? No, she's not. Okay. Oh, wow. And also there's Barbara Strand or whatever Strand, like Mrs. Strand, who's uh, dying... I believe- yeah, the, the president, right? Was it? She's dying yeah. from cancer. She's your mother, Sam Porter Bridges, and she's also the president of the United States. Oh my she god! She sends you on a mission to reconnect America. Why? Because okay, so let's end the conversation there. Is Death Stranding a good game? <laughs> oh, oh, you're being serious. All right. I'm being very serious right now. <laughs> okay. Is yeah, it no, a good no, game? It's no, it's, no not. it's not. Okay, I mean, as like, let's just pull the narratives and all the bullshit. Like uh, the politicking and all the discussions that everybody's having about. I, w- I I would tell you I was fooled for like three hours thinking that it was this walking and the carrying the packages, and carrying your corpse of your dead mother before it explodes or some shit actually meant something. I don't know. Bec- I don't know. There's some shit about like if your body decomposes, it goes to necrosis. It creates a void out. So which, anyway, yeah, which also turns into a BT also. So like, yeah, there's a lot of corpse carrying in this. And then there's this one corpse carrying uh, mission where you have to carry Mama, whose baby is an actual BT attached through a BT umbilical cord. Yes. And the only way to like to finish that mission is to meet her twin sister. At- okay, never mind. I'll stop right here. <laughs> there you go. I mean, you yeah, know, I'm not spoiling anything because none of this will be made to make any sense. There's a lot of def- definite corpse carrying because this fucking game is dead on arrival to me. Hey, <laughs> look, it got ten upon ten. It's some website. Eh, okay, I'll give it. I'll give it like some thought. I mean, it had some good idea about the whole like. Oh, apparently death is actually intertwining with life per se in this whole metaphysical thing, but it doesn't make sense. The longer the story goes on and on to the point where I'm like, I just give up. Congratulations, you found yeah. Introduction to Philosophy 101. I learned exactly. this year undergrad. <laughs> Look, Toffee, you just don't get it. <laughs> K- 
Okay, you're not a true gamer. I mean, you this is the it. thing that really pisses me off is when anything mildly intellectual is published and oh, then mildly is the word <laughs> and then all these fuckwits online because like you know they unironically take everything and they think they're intellectually superior because they played a game and pretended to understand how what's going dare on. you sir you filthy peasant kojima's a genius he is i'm sure a very smart man but he's also again so far up his own ass that he is now no, he is so far <laughs> up his own ass. He is literally the baby coming out of his own throat. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the gameplay. <laughs> oh, is there gameplay to talk about? Gameplay well, to talk all about. you do is walk. Okay, basically you get packages. You walk from point A to point B. Whether you cross the stream, Look, whether you cross the river, totally time missed out the point where you have to carry your own ladders and guns too. Oh, that too. Yes, you get to also Sometimes carry. Sometimes you have a vehicle, and most of the time you're trying to get it uphill. Yes. <laughs> 90% there are time packages where you have to deliver it before time runs out or you have to make sure like a bomb or something yeah so if I do don't... you get any uh, reprimand for damaging your packages nah so but there are some missions I mean you get a lesser score but that's about yeah, it yeah lesser score yeah. there's points and the points mean do you do anything with the points you can take a photo and tell people I got 50 points in this. So there's literally <laughs> no gameplay benefit. Gameplay benefit. Oh, gameplay benefit. Well, yeah, you do get to the other parts of the game. It's basically everything unlocks the next narrative section. Right, remember when we were talking about <laughs> Disco Elysium, where literally everything you do in some way informs what path you can take or an option to get, or mm -hmm, like yep. in some way no, changes the experience whatsoever? Look, Kojima has a very specific vision, and the fact that you don't understand let alone comprehend what it is he's trying to do shows your like uh, art like artistic inferiority right now hey i'll tell you one thing <laughs> kojima is amazing because he's making fucking uh konami look like the good guy in this whole scenario <laughs> how <laughs> dare way. you sir look eccentric tom death stranding is gonna fucking win game of the year okay Okay, and you can go and take your Disco Elysium and suck it because <laughs> Death Stranding is the only true masterpiece of this generation. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Okay, now that is out of the system. <laughs> uh, I like the zip Okay, lines. so there are, are there even any pros? I mean, okay, there's probably one pro out of it. I the just mentioned it. Yep. I like the zip line. <laughs> okay, yes, the zip lines. Yes, that one, I'll give it points for that. And what about peeing and creating mushrooms? Yeah, it's fun the first 10 times. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except when you have to go to the cutscene all over again, where you take a shower, you get a, you get your oh god your equipment and all that, and then you have to use it as a weapon later on if you want. This is this is the moment when he's taking like Norman Reedus is taking the shower, yeah. and then there's a, the, a button to skip cutscene, uh -huh. and it skips to the next cutscene where he's putting soap on. <laughs> and I was like, literally, you gotta be fucking joking me, right? <laughs> and then a cutscene. I, I skip that cutscene, and then he's just, that's him walking out of the shower, yes. looking at the mirror, and I'm like thinking to myself, "You fucking asshole." <laughs> I mean, at any point, did Norman Reedus go look at the game and go like, uh, "Dude, why are you spending so much time on me in the shower?" Got every angle, sir. Anyway, you know what they call Reedus, right? <laughs> Anyways. You know what's even better? Yeah. I like, I like, I love, I love this interview with Matt Mickelson, like post game launch, and they ask him like, "Oh, what do you think about Death Stranding?" And he's like, "I have no idea what, the, what that was about." <laughs> this is after the game comes out. This is what I love about Matt Mickelson. Like he keeps it real. He's kind of like, "I don't fucking know." Look, I've I been, like him, and I, I, I got paid. Sir, I've been in Nicholas Winding Refn movies, and I have no idea what that's about. 
think about it. Let's make it clear. When the trailer came out, I was in like intrigued. No, in one of those Facebook, in one of those Facebook groups, like I think it was like the IGN UK podcast, like uh, fan group. Mm. And yep. someone posted saying, "Oh my God, this is going to be the best game ever created. This is a beautiful thing." This is the the teaser, by the way, the very first teaser where we just saw Norman Reedus. It's no gameplay. It's just basically he's crying over a baby on a beach. Yeah. And this idiot was talking about, and I commented saying, "Yeah, I don't know." And they said, "What makes you say I don't know?" It's like we saw literally nothing, and I have not played all these other games but i don't know he said at least he can see that okay yes maybe because you're not playing the games you don't see why it's going to be so amazing it's like yeah i keep thinking back to the conversation and looking at the finished product and go yeah no everyone is full of shit mm -hmm. no one knows what the fuck they're talking about yep everything is a lie that's what i deal with on a constant basis basically we mm -hmm. are in a disco elysium right now yes. yes okay i mean this is basically why i'm i'm one of the reasons I started this podcast was to fight the good fight against fucking game journals and all these fanboys. They're like, you guys are fucking morons. So fuck Polygon again, by the way. <laughs> keep that narrative. <laughs> okay. okay. I've seen your 100 best games of the of the decade. You're not a games publication. Go suck a dick. <laughs> I will say this, right? Uh, there has been a fracturing in the gaming community. And I would say it started very early in the 2000s when the PlayStation dropped because yeah. video games used to be a very niche nerdy thing. And then when PlayStation happened, oh, and then you get all these like fucking PS4 bros playing like FIFA and Madden or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, that era happened. Then yeah. came like the, the Call of Duty bros and it's like... And then that had to kind of make way for the next generation of assholes, right? And there was a point of time I thought like, okay, maybe it would tap it out. Mm -hmm. And then came the console wars with PS3, Xbox Well, and console Wii. wars have been going on for the last 30 over years. Okay, and I'm on the... I subscribe to the fact that there's no such thing as a console war. Yeah, it's like... Because gamers don't argue about other gamers about what platform they play on. Yeah, it should be about which games are good. This game is good. Like, oh, where's it on? Oh, it's this on. game is bad. Oh, this game is bad. It's like, and that has, that has been the normal conversation. This is why I fucking miss like publications like EGM, like Electronic Gaming Monthly. Yeah. Whereas basically, here's the game, here's the developer, here's some interviews we did. And it's like, oh, cool. Yeah. And then they talk about maybe, you know, like how PC specs are getting a little bit out of hand because it's like, remember when games publications would say like, is $1,000 too much for a video card? We yes. Discuss. Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. What, what's the discussion to it? You know, like an RTX 2080 is like $2,000 with this special limited lead edition. It's like, why? Where, where, where are we going? And so yeah, is a, a game card worth like two months rent? No. 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 Nope. But ray tracing though, and then like, like even earlier when we had the discussion about like uh, Half Life Alex, it's like, oh, uh, it's only a forty dollar game. No, it's not. That's it's a thousand dollar game. Don't forget about the, buy yeah, the yeah, There's an extra investment, and th th this is what I want to say about Death Stranding, right? Is like there's always this need, especially for me, right, to cut through like all of the bullshit. Is and it, and it's mostly me just all arguing. the fluff. Yeah. I mean fluff bullshit. I say what you want, right? But it's like, do you guys actually play the games, or are you just online to shout at each other? I think it's I'm because former, yes. we have an innate sense to be in tribes, yes. which it's like, I don't know what, because like, we like to talk about how we have advanced beyond so many things, but we still refuse to accept that tribalism is a bad thing. Like, can we just accept that, like, I'm perfect, if you generally, generally enjoy Death Stranding, you fucking weirdo. Yeah. But whatever. Live your life. That, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it's you. your choice. It's that, your choice, that's not fine. someone else's and, choice. You know. I, I'm happy that you have a game you enjoy. I don't enjoy that game, but that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy it. That's fine. Mm -hmm. yeah. But don't 
go online and shout about how this is the best thing and if you don't like it you are a terrible person or you're stupid it's like okay i want to see you come up with the perfect doom stack in total war warhammer 2 i want you to see see you be able to understand trade mechanics in eu4 i want to see you manage to like work out the perfect eugenics line in crusader kings 2 to where you have like the perfect ubermensch of like a lord who can dominate uh, middle europe look i'm getting very specific here but still you're you in character yeah, <laughs> yeah. look i want to see you beat me in a game of street fighter i want to see you like uh outloot me in a game of borderlands i want to see you beat me in chess yeah there you go. then you're a gamer i want to see your perfect character design for uh your campaign in dungeons and dragons i want to see you fourth and fifth edition fourth yeah. and fifth. either one maybe fourth <laughs> i don't fourth. know Fifth yeah, edition, like I do, edition. but here's the thing: I do still appreciate a little bit of the fanboy culture because that's what propels a lot of the creators to keep going forward. Because yeah. I mean, it, it was a different time back then because games didn't used to cost two hundred thousand, two hundred million dollars to make. True. Okay, like the budget for Metal Gear Two versus the budget for Death Stranding, and then we have to be super honest, especially with all our listeners, is that why do so many people jump on these these bandwagons it's because it's marketing there's so much at stake there's yeah. all these financials and salaries that you know people depend on and at this point of time kojima couldn't care less about making a video game i mean he said so himself he didn't want to make any more video games after metal gear what three or four and he wanted to I be think a it was four and then yeah five he keeps like, he keeps saying the same thing over and over again la. yeah i do i mean also like but then again he is i would say one of the few authors of video game development first tr one of the last triple a authors yeah there are plenty of indie authors there's plenty of indie authors but yeah at this level and the thing is right uh, i mean we can even have discussions about like how did sony trust him with all that money <laughs> that is uh, interesting like really you're gonna let him yeah. run with this yeah i mean that's a I lot i think the metal faith. gear name can carry you very far yeah i mm -hmm. mean i think like sony does have a track record of putting some faith into studios who do very niche things mm -hmm. uh fumito ueda is a very good example we mentioned last guardian early on yep. and yeah that was yeah shadow or classes and, and Ico. what happened to team Ico? good question yeah <laughs> but I mean, in other regards, like, I know you didn't particularly like the new God of War, but that was still a risk in today's uh, gaming market where everyone is talking about, like, it has to be a, you know, uh, mm. battle royale. Yeah. or a After, like, two or three remakes of, like, internal development from Cory Barlog and all that, mm. yeah. he made the game he wanted and it worked out really well. Yeah, or um, uh, what was that game with the robot dinosaurs again? Uh, Horizon Zero Horizon Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn. I fucking love that game. Yeah, I, yeah, and that was, you know, still a chance that was taken by Sony. Sony, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, um, it's good that we do do this kind of thing, mm. that we do let these weird things happen. But at the same time, call a spade a spade. Yes, that's, yeah, what, yeah. that's yeah. exactly what I do. Because, I mean, I do agree with you. Because when you look at something like Sony, and then like they are taking, I won't even say risks. I mean, they are calculated risks. Something like Death Stranding, something like God of War, something like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Because you also like they are Sony, they need to create IPs. Yeah. They need to create things that people associate with their brand and to like perpetuate all their income forever. And then you see like you know across the pond at like fucking Xbox and it's like, here's another Halo, here's another Gears. Who cares? Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. And then like you know right next door to Sony is like fucking Nintendo. Nintendo. Where it's the same five characters since like 50 years ago. We're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like... And once in a while, you create something like Splatoon or Astral Chain that's all Nintendo only, and it worked out just fine. Yeah, I mean, that's also why I love Nintendo. And like, I used to not understand the P Nintendo until I got Pokemon Sword. Yep. And now I've drunk the fucking Kool-Aid. I mean, it's not even Kool-Aid, <laughs> because the, the best thing about Nintendo is like... I mean, especially if they still... It's just pure joy. joy. 
Yeah. That's the word. They're into joy. And it makes me just happy in a way that I don't think a game has made me happy. Okay. Shall we give a, a final uh, review call? So Death Stranding. Okay. Uh, it's a pretty game, I admit. Okay. It's it's gorgeous. It's it's nice to look at, but you know, not none for nothing. There's not much to do. Gameplay wise, it really lacks uh, the kind of variety something like a Metal Gear has, which is strange because going from like Metal Gear Five to this feels like a big step forward in the wrong direction. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were totally pushing the whole. Uh, he's an author. He wants to tell a story, and it's a super convoluted plot. With a lot of metaphor and symbolism, and the thing is, right? Yeah, your first-year film student recognizes all of this. Yes, I get the metaphor of the beach. It is a corridor between death and life. And life, yeah. Duh. You know, but we've been dealing with our concepts of death since we mm. gained consciousness as a species. I mean, here's the, the major problem with maybe a lot of game developers nowadays when they're like aspiring to be storytellers slash filmmakers. Then we compare it to films, and then you fall really short. Well, I mean. That's not necessarily a fair comparison because but the, the film does have 130 years of... But that's uh, the comparison they're bringing upon themselves. Because True. if you recall, when a certain developer decided during the last VGA Awards to say, fuck the Oscars, who the fuck do you think you are? Oh yeah, and then he created a way out which was very mediocre. Very mediocre. And extremely derivative of Prison Break. <laughs> yeah, pretty much Prison Break. Yeah. So, like, if you two people. That's when you think to yourself, is like, are you sure you want to have this fight? Why not you just be game developers and make stunning games? Shigeru Miyamoto, fucking Hironobu Sakaguchi, John Carmack in his prime, none of them were interested in doing nothing but providing you the best interactive experience. Bang for your buck, for your system. Death Stranding, 3 upon 10. Wah! <laughs> Mr. Toffee. I'll give it a 2 out of 10. Wow! It's pretty, but it kind of <laughs> wasted my time. Wow. Pretty much. Look, why? Okay, I, okay I'm not knocking Hideo Kojima too much because he has done a lot back in the day. Yep. And I actually am glad that Sony are taking risks with games like Death Stranding and Horizon Zero Dawn and what sure. we discussed early on. But did the game really need to be like 40 hours long per se? <laughs> like, something like Death Stranding, if it was like maybe like 8 hours or so, like your regular AAA game back in the 2000 period or so, then sure, a slightly higher rating per se, and it's not so bad, but to do the same thing over and over again, getting the weapons you need much later, and then it all amounts Once you to hit West, much. right, yeah. Yes! Oh my god. <laughs> the Ugh. entire third act is like, wait, the game starts now? <laughs> now you yeah. can shoot things? Now you have poop grenades? Look, yeah. If you want a fun, stuff. a fun game which kind of like plays with the concepts of, uh, you know, interactivity and like fun concepts about death, play Doki Doki Literature Cup. <laughs> yes, that's only three or hours. Or Disco Elysium. That's a, that's a good yeah, game. or Disco yeah. Elysium, which is slightly more uh, contemporary. Yeah, they're both equally contemporary too. Doki Doki is like two years old now. Whatever. Still contemporary. It's not that ancient. Current. We were talking about Planescape Torment, a game from the 90s. That's pretty old, too. Which is still amazing. It's $10 on GOG. Yeah, yeah. I'll still play that. They're releasing a remake. You know, I also heard there's also going to be a Baldur's Gate 3. Yes, made by the people who made Divinity 2, and I'm so fucking excited. Yeah, yeah. That should be. I think they might have news about that next year or the following year. You know, it'd be amazing, though, if you're like, hey, these Disco Elysium guys can just do the narration, Divinity 2 guys do the combat and the other gameplay. Oh, that would be a dream come true. That would be the God game. That would be. Like, Baldur's Gate 3, if you get the Disco Elysium guy to do the narrative. Okay, and the other guys to do like you know the other like 
why don't game design like game studios work together? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> like like what they did for Chrono Trigger. When that, that's what happens. When that's what I miss. Dream teams. Together. I miss like you know get the best guy who to do the one thing. And then yeah, build your fucking A team. Yeah, build yeah. your elite four team to you know make the best possible. Oh god. That's yeah. I'm making Pokemon references now. Can you imagine that? Baldur's Gate 3 with Disco Elysium narrative structure and that would be crazy. I would with the, the divinity like fighting. You would combat. never see me again. Yeah. I would just disappear. <laughs> that is your life forever. Right? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then they'll release like a supplemental like D&D expansion. Where like, the final boss is yourself basically. <laughs> <laughs> the final boss is like it just turns on your webcam and you see yourself fucking like you are your own enemy. You are fine yeah. enemy. You are the abyss and the abyss stares back at you. Yes. Roll initiative. <laughs> Roll initiative. <laughs> Failed. Game over. Damn it. <laughs> Okay, I think uh, we've been uh, going on long enough. Um, Just like Death Stranding. Indeed. <laughs> and unlike Death Stranding, we'll know when to finish. So, uh... <laughs> it finished. It finished so horribly. Yes. God, the ending's so dumb. <laughs> I have been uh, useless trivia eccentric Tom. I'm... This has been uh, Mr. Toffee, podcaster, Last King Podcast. And I've been insert obvious metaphor for a name here, Shafiq. <laughs> Kojima. <laughs> Signing out. Signing out. Sure.